Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. It should have been me. My mom and my aunt were sleeping in bedrooms in the back of the house where it should have been more muffled and yet they were awake to the siren and I slept right through it. And so I was like, whatever, and I just tried to go back to sleep. Um, Sometimes we can be judgmental of our 19-year-old self, but I won't do that. Um, So I tried to go back to sleep, and then I heard my mom talking about our neighbor and telling a story about him and wondering if he was okay, and so then I laid in my bed feeling a little bit guilty about the realization that um, life in the big city of normal Illinois had... (laughs) caused me to fall asleep to compassion and empathy um, of this fellow child of God. So I tell that story because I fell asleep. And in our scripture passage today, Jesus is telling us to stay awake. And I wonder what he's telling us to stay awake to. What are we supposed to be keeping alert about. He seems to think that uh, we've fallen asleep to something, and that something is the expectation of his return. Now, in order to kind of fully understand that, I want to tell you a little bit about the book of Mark. Mark is, you know, we have four Gospels, four very different stories that tell about who Jesus is, what Jesus said, how Jesus ministered into the community. That's just as a tangent, one of the reasons when Christians disagree about things, I say, oh, this is so good. This is just like the Gospels, right? Four different stories. The Gospel of Mark was, was the first Gospel written, and uh, it was written probably about 30 to 40 years after Jesus had died and was risen again. And the way it sort of came about, or what scholars think, is that uh, so if you remember at the end of all the gospel stories, they say that Jesus died, he was raised, well, not all of them, some of them. He was raised, again, the disagreement, and he says, I will come again, right? I will come back to you. And so all the early Christians were just like watching and waiting and, and looking everywhere and like, oh, Jesus is coming back. It's going to happen any day. In fact, it was like they were so waiting for it that uh, Paul, who was one of the early uh, Uh, He was one of the early apostles of the church, and he would write letters to different communities. He told people, don't even bother to get married, because Jesus is going to come back any day, and that's a waste of time. He did say, now, if you can't contain yourself sexually, go ahead and get married. Um, But Jesus is coming back any day, so don't even worry about that. The problem is, 30 years went by, maybe it was 40, and people are like, uh, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? And so they started realizing, wow, we got to start to write some of these stories down because all the people that knew Jesus are dying, and so we want to kind of remember this because apparently he's not coming back today. 
And there was arguments about when he was coming, and that's why Jesus says in this, like, you do not know when it's going to happen. Um, so, you know, like, when you're writing something, then you can kind of put your um, angle into it, right? And so, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus says, you don't know when I'm coming, but don't be complicit in the waiting. Keep awake. Because when I come, it is going to be such a phenomenal event that the, the cosmos will be disrupted. The sun will darken. The stars will fall from the sky. It is going to be phenomenal. So keep awake, this passage tells us. Because this return is going to happen when you least expect it. And so he gives us this example of a fig tree. He says, when we stay awake, if we're watching this fig tree, we will see the second that that branch becomes tender and produces a bud, and we will know that summer is here. Summer, a.k.a. Symbolism, the return of Christ, right? So we read these words from 2,000 years ago, and they're relevant for us today, right? We, in some ways, we too are like those early Christians. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Does it kind of sound weird? Like, this is like a tenet of the Christian faith, but like most people don't think about Jesus coming back, right? Sounds kind of weird, Yes? Okay, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Advent should be a time of honesty. Um, but that's what we do is we watch and we wait. And, and, and for us, we, we get to kind of do this already and not yet thing, right? Christ is already present with us, already here. Um, God has already broken into this world. And we're in this season of Advent, four weeks, preparing for Christmas Day in which we get to welcome Christ into the world again, right? Already here, not yet here. Kind of a mystery. So in these four weeks, we are preparing to be able to celebrate the, the birth of Jesus, the coming of Christ into this world. The, the, uh, we are watching and waiting for the mystery of the incarnation. That's God choosing to come into this world in the form of a human being. So over these four weeks, we're going to be looking at different wonders that point us to the promise of Christ that is already with us as we wait for Christ to be born on Christmas Day. And we're going to do that through the lens of Louis Armstrong's song, What a Wonderful World. It's a good song, right? Um, so this week, we're looking at the words of Jesus that look toward the natural world of the sun and the stars and the fig trees. And I just want to say about the sermon series on a whole, we're doing this sermon series because there's a lot that's wrong in this world. And we talk about that here at UVC. There's, there's a lot that's wrong in this world. And, and we know that the kingdom of God is not here yet. But there's also a lot that's right and beautiful and mysterious and holy. And so we want to sit in that and name and claim that and find joy in that and give witness to that. 
And so we are going to be looking at the wonder of nature today and the wonders um, of, of people and things in the weeks to come as a way to practice staying awake and catching a glimpse of the mystery of God. So Louis Armstrong says it this way in the first verse. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see the bloom from me to you. Everybody knows this part. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. So this time of waiting, though, it's not a passive waiting. It's not a, if it happens, it happens. If not, it doesn't. This is a time of what we want to call active waiting. So what is active waiting? We're, we are actively waiting for not only this first birth into creation, but the, the new birth that's going to come again, right? So what does active waiting look like? I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to show you a couple pictures, and then I'm going to end with a story, okay? So a couple of months ago, uh, I've never done this before, but uh, on a sort of whim uh, to kind of hang out with some college friends, we decided to go to the Illinois State University homecoming parade. And uh, so Ruby was excited because it would mean that she would get candy. She's learned that parades bring candy. So here's what active waiting looks like. The first thing that Ruby did, she learned a couple of years ago at a parade that the best container for... uh, Holding candy is her Pops' baseball cap. So the first step she took was to procure a baseball cap to hold the candy. Then uh, we drove there and parked. We're in this parking lot, and uh, we were waiting on my friends to come, and we were going to walk over together. And she was like, are they here yet? The parade's going to start. We have to hurt. When are we going to go? Active waiting, yes. So my friends pull up, and uh, we start walking to the route, and there was like, come on, and then there were the adults, like, you know, walking, active waiting, right, anticipation. We find a place along the curb, and um, she sits down with some of the other children, and then, like, every once in a while, she's, like, into the street, looking down, is, is there anything coming? Active waiting, yes. Um, and then she would also uh, stand up and be like, I think I heard a tuba. Is, it, is the parade starting yet? Active, waiting, yes. Active waiting is keeping awake to the, sign, the, the sounds and signs that are all around us. And so in this season of Advent, in this time of year, what does that look like for us right now? Is it going to zoo lights? Or is it getting a peppermint mocha? I, uh, maybe. I don't know. There's, there's brightness to be had in zoo lights and peppermint mochas. I actually had a very delicious, what was it, chestnut praline latte. Um, I found deep joy in that. <laughs> Yes, Um, but I don't think that these are the sights and sounds that actually point to the inbreaking of Christ into this world. And I, while everything in moderation, right? um, I think if we're careful, sometimes we can be seduced 
into thinking that they are, and so then therefore they actually contribute to us falling deeper asleep. Does that make sense? But we have to keep awake. So keeping awake, actively waiting, um, what does that look like? Well, Jesus talks about the fig tree. And so I uh, looked at all sorts of, and I, I, I wasn't not paying attention to you, Zach. I was posting on Facebook, okay? So I was listening. Um, I just posted a link for 15 tiny miracles that you can look at on Facebook. Sorry, I keep moving. <laughs> I know. Um, so you can, you can check that out. I thought like, oh, I can just show you a whole bunch of really beautiful stuff, and then you'll be like, awesome, Christ is breaking into this world. Um, but I'm only going to show you two things, and then you can go onto our Facebook page and look at the other 13. So I've got, uh, if you could bring up the first picture. Just look at that for a second. That is a magnified snowflake, or maybe three snowflakes. Look how beautiful that is. And it is something that will be melted away in a, in a second's time. And yet, the precision and the detail and the beauty, doesn't that just move you to awe and wonder? Isn't it a glimpse of God's presence in this world. Okay, the next picture. Oh, Brittany Gray, you put seashells up. <laughs> no, oh, no, keep, keep up. <laughs> Y'all, this is sand. Magnified. And I think, look at that in, in the, in the, I think, Sand is really small. And in that minuscule tininess, look at that beauty. Isn't that magnificent? Don't you want to go on Facebook and look at the other 13? <laughs> I think like that is something that is under our feet as we just walk along. And it is God's presence surrounding us with beauty. Okay, don't bring up the other picture till I say, okay? Although everybody's already seen it, but that's okay. It's my fault because I forgot to give you guys a copy of my sermon. Uh, so, thinking about this beauty, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. And I failed in the first service. I gave you guys, a, I gave him about 10 seconds because I got impatient. So, 30 seconds. And turn to your neighbor and... Just name a place that you have seen awe and wonder. And you can use tiny humans, too. That's actually one of the pictures, is a tiny human. Where have you seen God's presence, God's inbreaking in this world this week? Okay, 30 seconds. Okay, I'm going to give you five more seconds. Was that 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay. All right, shout out some of, uh, where, where have you seen 
Where have you been moved to awe or wonder at, at uh, God's presence in this world, at the inbreaking of Christ into this world? Sun, yeah, somebody was saying it was like red, a red sky yesterday. Where else? Lake Michigan in December, yeah. Yeah, it was called a, what did they say? Supermoon. Yeah, supermoon. What else? Star. Can you see any in the city? You can go to the planetarium and see this. Yeah. Just the skyline? Yeah. 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 And you think about, like, the intelligence that God placed in people to be able to create some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was at the um, Museum of Science and Industry uh, about a month ago, and they have this whole thing, like there's only like five shapes in the world, and you see them all in nature. Um, yeah, okay, so I, yeah. Um, one is like the butterfly shape, I think, and then another is like a spiral, and then like a triangle and a square. I think that's it. Um, and you see it in nature, you see it in buildings. It's pretty crazy. So everybody should go. <laughs> um, so one last story. In uh, the 1960s, there was an archaeological dig around King Herod the Great's um, palace in southern Israel. And deep in some like hot, dry dirt inside a clay pot clay jar, they found some date palm seeds. And they took the seeds back to the lab, and they, based on carbon dating, were able to estimate that the age of these seeds was somewhere between 155 B.C. and uh, 64 C.E. So I, can I just say that, first of all, like, the fact that you can date something 2,000 years ago within 200 years, that's pretty amazing. Um, but so these seeds, they're like, oh, these are really old seeds. So they sat for about 40 years in someone's desk, kind of forgotten. And then in 2005, uh, somebody asked Dr. Elaine Soloway to set to work to try to cultivate these seeds. So to help activate their absorption, she first soaked them in hot water. Then she bathed the seeds in seaweed fertilizer, which is really good, says one gardener to all of you. I don't know if you're gardeners. Um, and then on January 25th of 2005, which is the, was the Jewish holiday New Year for trees, she planted, I think it was three seeds. A few months later, she noticed a crack in the soil and then a little sprout. And... Uh, there in that tr- crack, she looked and she could see a date shoot. The, at first, the leaves, uh, she said, they, they seemed flat and sickly, as if they were struggling to break from this very old seed. But it continued to grow. And uh, she replanted it a couple of times. And now, drumroll, it is over 10 feet tall. Oh, oh I forgot this. She named it uh, Methuselah. Which is, does anybody know that name? The oldest person in the Bible, Noah's dad. She named it 
Which, but I'm like, what about Adam? <laughs> well, we'll have to talk Bible another time. Anyway, that's what I kept reading, uh, Methuselah as the oldest person in the Bible, but it just occurred to me, I'm like, what about Adam? But, okay. Um, so, Methuselah, and uh, so the bad news is I didn't know enough about plant fertilization, um, but it's a male plant. So the, of the three seeds planted, they were hoping for a female uh, because plants l- work similar to human beings and you have to have two components. And so they were hoping for a female so that it would sort of flower and they could pollinate it. Um, but they have a male full of pollen and very active, kind of like a teenager at, at this point in its life. <laughs> and that's what one of the articles said, actually. <laughs> And uh, so they've been able to use the male's pollen of Methuselah to um, fertilize like a a modern date. And so they have like a 50% ancient date, 50% modern. Um, But this Dr. Soloway, her, her sort of plan is she's planting an ancient orchard. She has all these old seeds that she's planting. And so she hopes also as like word gets out that maybe somebody else has some really old seeds in their desk drawer. Um, So y'all, this is the oldest verified human-assisted germination of a seed. A 2,000-year-old seed. Something that was extinct is now this thriving, beautiful date palm plant. Isn't that, like, doesn't that just move you to awe and wonder? A species of trees that has laid dormant for thousands of years is finding new life. I mean, that's also resurrection, right? There are signs and wonders all around us if we can wake up to them, if we can put ourselves in a place of active waiting and looking. It's the promise, it's the the glimpses of this inbreaking of Christ that is all around us. So that's what we're going to do this Advent, y'all. We're going to keep awake. We're going to watch and wait and look and see the wonders of the world that are beyond. Amen.